Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for July 26th. I can't wipe this smile from my face, but it's not because of tonight's show, I assure you. Um, we have SmackDown to talk about. We have site updates for Fightful.com to talk about. Got a little bit of MMA news to give you as well. I am joined by, I almost said Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes. I can confirm... Wow. That this man will not be eating any hats. His name is Jeff Hawkins, and he is of Shake Them Ropes. Jeff, how are you? Doing great. I'm I'm glad I wasn't mistaken for Rob, but I understand how you'd say that because you and Rob have had a bond for a few months. I'm I'm the girlfriend. He's the wife. I get it. I will choose to not use that terminology for either of you. Uh, but either way. <laughs> we got SmackDown tonight, and what mm-hmm. I think that we got was a definitive B show, at least tonight. Now, I do have some theories. I do think that once all of this main event talent isn't tied up in one match and one program, it will be distributed a little bit better. Also, we have American Alpha coming up to I, – I don't know what they're going to do, beat up the Ascension. I, I'm not sure exactly what's going to go on there. But uh, interesting – you know, it – Set the table for some stuff. I don't know if it's some good stuff, but overall, what'd you think, Jeff? I think there was a lack of long-term planning when they planned out these rosters because after this main event, I mean, we, we said it after the draft, after the main event program, there's not a lot on this roster. And not only that, they didn't have the foresight to tell you why these other people are on the roster. I think this women's division on this roster is in a lot of trouble. And, and I'll tell you why. That's the most glaring thing to me because as, as much as we tried to downplay the fact that, yes, Natty and Becky can have good matches, none of these six women have personality beyond the contrivances of what the Performance Center teaches you, so to speak, or what the WWE teaches you. It teaches you to get to your tagline and get to your body motion and whatnot. I mean, that match tonight, I liked between Becky and Natty, but every time Becky tried to do a 
personality thing, she was in trouble and it didn't feel organic at all. This women's roster is in trouble. Why was American Alpha not in the Battle Royale? That kind of got a question if everybody is getting a chance. I understand protecting them, but there's no tag team division. There's no women's belt on this show. Why are we watching these people at this time? That's my question. And it seems beyond the main event, which was pretty good. I enjoyed the main event a lot. The outcome shocked the hell out of me. Out of the six guys in that match, Dolph was number six on my list of who's getting the title shot at SummerSlam. But beyond that, this show, it's B, but they did some good things here too. They, they, uh, they started interviews into the camera. I think that's a positive. Morrow's always going to be a positive. JBL's an issue. B show definitely. I think you're you're. I'm rambling a bit, but your your analysis is spot on. This feels like a B show, but it can get better. How about that? We started off with uh, everybody in the ring, around the ring, whatever the hell they were doing. <laughs> Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan uh, came out. They announced that they were putting together a six pack challenge to determine a number one contender. Uh, those six guys were Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, Dolph Ziggler, Bray Wyatt, John Cena, and then the winner of the Battle Royal, and which was announced impromptu, would also get put in. We had a Battle Royal. Simon Gotch got eliminated first with his black eye. What kind of message do you think that's sending, Jeff? Don't get in a backstage fight unless you win. There you go. There you go. Uh, were you surprised when you heard the outcome of that Simon Gotch, Huniko uh, Sinkara fight? Because you know Sinkara is pretty. You know he. It's been said he can kick an ass or two. At the same time, Simon Gotch got his job by being a pretty good mat wrestler to live up to that gimmick in which he portrayed. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by any outcome of any fight backstage. To be honest with you, I think you know. I mean. I'm an old school wrestling fan. So you'd hear about these types of fights all the time back in the day. So, you know, I'm not all that surprised. I think Hunico has won a few fist fights backstage, if I recall correctly. So, I mean, he has, you know, he has fists and it, it appears putting on that Sin Cara mask makes the person in it like a, a, a magnet for violence backstage as well, for some reason. But uh, I wasn't all that surprised. Just win the fights that you pick. That's all they ask, I think. I'll get this out of the way. JBL sucked ass on commentary tonight. Oh, oh no, 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 we we could stay here for a while because he was he was beyond terrible. He was worse than Jerry Lawler ever was on commentary. And I thought Jerry Lawler has sucked forever. I've never thought Jerry Lawler was any good, to be honest with you. Even with JR, even with that dream team, JBL was beyond terrible. He has digressed from when he first started doing commentary, and he is a detriment to this show right now. David Otunga is still learning the ropes. He still gets a pass from me. JBL knows better. He should be better than this. He, he's detracting from the product. The thing with JBL, to me, it always seems like he's trying to make it his announced team, and it's not his announced team. He's a color commentator. You did not hear Corey Graves treating – Monday night, like it was his announced team. And he's been a protege of, of Michael Coles for quite some time. But this is SmackDown. It is Mauro Ronaldo's announced yes. team. Mauro should guy, drive. Mauro should drive. JBL should navigate. 
And if JBL doesn't know, the WWE happened to go out and get the best play-by-play guy in kickboxing, MMA, and wrestling, mm-hmm. and he's now on their B show. So he should probably just sit in that passenger seat uh, and you know uh, just let let Morrow Morrow lead things. He's putting on. He, I, maybe he feels rejuvenated because he seemed he was overselling things and stuff, but he he didn't over he oversold it to a point in which it was like. Dude, I can't take you seriously. What the hell are you doing? Well, he doesn't have Vince in his ear, I don't think. Maybe he does. Maybe this isn't on JBL either. We, we should give him a little bit of slack here in that he is generally the voice of whoever is producing the show and, and has been on Raw. Now, if that's the case, whoever's producing this show should back off a bit and let JBL be able to call it a little bit more straight rather than interjecting things. But if this is on JBL... He needs to back off a lot. He needs to give Morrow some room to breathe. He needs to give Otunga some time to breathe, and he needs to stop driving the conversation. I think you're exactly right. Apollo Crews won. I thought this was good. Apollo Crews has been without direction for uh, ever since his debut, mm-hmm. which happened way too early. This at least gives him a good win. Uh, the, the nice guy thing, I'm just like, dude, when are you starting a new version of New Day with Kalisto? Because... It's it's sad, which, like I said, I really hope that they turn this into like a John Jones thing where he's fake nice to people. Ooh, yeah, they they could they could use another top flight heel on this show. That that said, it's it's at least interesting that they gave Apollo this kind of rub given his draft position, so to speak, because he was which kind of JBL, under the radar. Which JBL said, no wonder he got drafted so high. Meanwhile, he didn't get drafted on the main broadcast. Right, exactly. It, it was so under the radar, and we thought. I mean, you remember last week, go, is this a message to Apollo Crews? Obviously not. Obviously, I think it was for the point of keeping him under the radar to then give him this shine on this show right now. Either way, Apollo Crews won. So cool. Um, I did like... Yo, hold, on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, you are frosty tonight. Yeah. You are in a... You are... Whew. I'm going to try to do my best to stay on your good side since I'm still kind of new here. And they had they had a one of the best draws I've seen in years to live up to. Look, they had they didn't do it. They've had a great 48 hours before this because Battleground was fantastic. I thought, or at least solid. Nobody can say it was a bad show. Raw defied expectations. You got to expect a drop off, while at the same time not grading on a curve here because Raw is going to ruin any curve you have on here. I did like the interviews that they're doing after the match. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. that. I like like you said, I like the not the inset promos, but you know, where they're talking, they're basically in confessionals. Oh, okay. I, I liked like, those inset I liked those inset promos because they at least talk to the camera as opposed yes. to as opposed to those backstage ones where they'd be staring off at a spot in the wall and talking yes. as if they weren't talking to anybody. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Like I, I prefer this to them going out with a microphone on their own and being like, well, I don't like you. And this is why like they're a friggin' middle schooler writing in their, in their seventh grade agenda or something. Yeah. It's, the, it's, I hate the, it. The exposition they're telling story rather than how they feel necessarily. Yes. And and they, they do that. They did that a bit here on the uh, inset promos, but it was better. I mean, at least it was a personal connection between you and the talent, which was nice. I thought. And it makes them seem much less whiny when they do mm-hmm. it that way. When they don't go out in front of 10,000 people and bitch and moan, 
Yeah. With, without being prompted to do so. Yeah. Also, uh, Becky Lynch versus Natalia. Becky Lynch got the win with the submission. You know, got her win back over Natalia. This was the tread water. Uh, Renee goes to interview Becky. Alexa Bliss interrupts her. Naomi interrupts her. Carmella interrupts her. Then Eva Marie's music oh. hits. And she this, won. Like you said. She won. She won. She won, she won SmackDown. This, this entrance was fantastic. I don't care what you think of Eva Marie as a wrestler, as a personality, and the booze she got in that arena. <laughs> she is fantastic. I, she's the most interesting thing in the women's division right now. If, Much she can more, get, if she can get to Brie Bella levels in the ring, then she's going to be pure money. Yeah. It, it's much better than watching Becky pretend she's a flame. And I just went, what the hell was that? Holy crap. Becky hasn't been interesting since that last NXT run against Sasha in that match where she really, really won over the fans. She needs something bad. But this Eva Marie promo with the, with the, just the, the intro that was far too long. <laughs> from from the voiceover that's what's gonna get the heat on this thing is the fact that this narration never seems to stop and it is awesome and it is unrepentantly stupid and i love it uh yeah uh carmella that poor girl looked completely uh. lost and as uh one of my friends said uh, a little irrelevant in her delivery without Enzo and Cass. Now, she didn't seem this way in NXT, but what they did was they switched it up so she would have no references to the fact that she had anything to do with Enzo and Cass. And so they're relying, they're relying on her knowing her from the NXT roster, and we haven't gotten to that stage yet. That This is a SmackDown crowd. This, the, they, they don't know who Carmella is. This was her first introduction, and she seems now like an Enzo and Cass ripoff. Not only that, she was going to, like, like I said before, she was saying the lines to get to her little body movements. And it just, it came off as stilted and unnatural, which is a shame because she does have natural personality. If you ever watch like the Periscope videos of her and Bailey oh, hanging yeah. out. I mean, she has natural personality. And then when she's asked to act, she loses everything about her personality, which happens to a lot of performers. Yeah, um... I mentioned last night when they didn't show vignettes for Finn Balor at first, I was a little upset and I was like, okay, by the end of the night, that's how you make somebody in their first night. But um, Mm -hmm. they gave American alpha the vignettes tonight, but Alexa bliss and Carmella need them. They need them badly. They need something. They need something. Uh, Also, every time Naomi says anything on the mic, I'm just like, who wrote this for you? Well, not only that, Alexa Bliss is now going to be doing the uh, Becky Lynch pun shtick, where everything goes to a bliss, blissed off. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, no, they need vignettes to get them over. And the WWE does great vignettes for main event guys. They just seem to forget them occasionally for everybody else when it would definitely help them. Uh, who You know who else got a vignette? Shelton Benjamin's coming back. Hell yeah, he did. Hot damn. He was my favorite wrestler for about five or six years. Uh, this guy, anytime that he was in the ring with other great performers, Shawn Michaels, Chris Jericho, Christian, uh, Triple H, The Undertaker, uh, Shibata even in New Japan, uh, not to mention the tag run, really, really, really good things happen. He couldn't carry it on the mic necessarily, 
But um, yeah, what what about Teddy Long with the scoops this weekend? Because he's the one who broke that news. They should put Teddy Long with Shelton Benjamin to be a mouthpiece. That would, I mean, that's that's the the fault of WWE for not having managers. Because I agree, Shelton Benjamin made those first couple of Money in the Bank matches with with his ladder yeah. spots, and 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 the way that he killed himself to do that, he deserved much better than he got in in his WWE run. I I think I don't think he's coming here to be an upper level player, but at the same time, he enters onto this roster with some bit of personality. And if you've watched his Japan work, he's definitely improved on that facet of his work as well. He's already upper, upper B level on this roster, just coming in and doing nothing right now. I want angry old man, Shelton Benjamin so bad, so bad (laughs) to just like be jealous of American alpha and be like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you think that you're going to step into this and you know him say things like, you know, my entire WWE career was during a brand split. It didn't work out for me. I'm going to make sure it doesn't work out for you. Because I just want him to wrestle Jason Jordan and Chad Gable and all that. Sh- uh, I want it so bad. You, you know, know, I wouldn't mind if MVP came in as his co, as his partner, his old angry man partner. I'll I'll take MVP. I will take after this SummerSlam match, should he keep it, turning Dolph heel, playing up on his yeah. amateur background, teaming him with Shelton Benjamin and putting those two against American Alpha. Kind of the old American Alpha Ooh. senior version versus younger version. Yeah, give me that, please. I have. Speaking of that, I have a lot of people asking me about this stuff with Russo. I will address the stuff with Russo uh, <laughs> on Thursday's show, by the way, guys. I'll have a little talk with Vince Russo about the believability of a smaller wrestler defeating a larger wrestler. Believe you me. Now, I can't help what anybody enjoys, but, you know, I've got a few things to say about the believability of a smaller wrestler beating a larger wrestler. Um, you know, you know the biggest thing I took from this draft? No. <laughs> that this would have been a lot better if they just did it on DraftBeast.com. Yeah, guys, go to DraftBeast.com, our fantastic sponsor, bringing you the best in fantasy sports. Maybe you've had sour experiences with some other draft sites. Not at DraftBeast.com. We're taking care of you. We are taking care of you. Hopefully, we're going to have some good promotions coming up soon. But that fantasy football season is fast approaching and I'm ready to beat some of you clowns down. And it's happening at DraftBeast.com. Be sure to check it out, you guys. Thought I had a different hat on. <laughs> what do you mean you had a different hat on? I thought I had my Bengals hat on. I was When you said fantasy football, I was leaning down to represent, and I realized I don't have my Bengals hat on. I apologize. Are you a Bengals fan? Yes, we've talked about okay. this. I'm just making sure. Hey, you know what? I can't sue the WWE, but I've had a few concussions in my day. So, mm. you know, somebody asked me last week, um, how do I think that uh, this lawyer got so many ex WWE stars together for this lawsuit? And I just simply said that old, beaten down wrestlers are a lot slower than ambulances and easier to catch. Contingency. Basically, he, he puts it out there and goes, hey, guys. I'm going to work for you for a percentage of what we can get. The more of you that join, the more chance we're going to have of money. He was playing the percentages purely. 
I, I have to say, I've interviewed multiple people that are in this lawsuit, and I think this was going on late last year, early this year. Oh, yeah. Because I would have some guys go out of their way to mention that they sustained injuries in the WWE. And I was like, hmm, like, you know, like completely irrelevant to what I was talking about even, so. I tend to think there has to be a happy medium here. There has to be a happy medium between WWE admitting fault and being liable and, and also these guys suing, as in care or, or, or forced care, forcing the WWE to pay for their care. There has to be a happy medium somewhere in here because neither side is going to – I mean, this lawsuit side's never going to win, I don't think. Because what they'll say, I mean, this independent contractor language, the legal ramifications of is WWE liable for the actions that these people took in the ring while being employed is so the bar on that is so hard to prove there that I don't think they're ever going to win one of those big cases. But at the same time, I think these guys have a point in that, hey, at least the ones that worked for any amount of time, you know what? We don't have any post-employment care. We're not saying you have to give that to us, but can you throw a few bucks our way? And, and I think there's some way to find a happy medium in this, but of course, this is business we're talking about, and all's fair in love and business. Guys, I want to remind you all, check out Fightful.com. If you haven't shared the page, if you haven't logged in or registered and logged in and all that good stuff, do that. Uh, I know some of the features are a little wonky right now. We're getting those finished hopefully this week. We had planned last Friday. We're going to make it perfect, though. We have forums coming. Some people say it's called Discuss. I think it's spelled Discus. I don't care. Either way, we're getting the forum. There, that, that board is also coming to our stories. We're also going to have members-only forums. It won't cost you a dime ever to join. You'll get my exclusive interviews if you join. You'll get the, the content from Russo, all that good stuff. Uh, Going to have a feature called a Wikipedia True or False where I talk to some of your favorite wrestlers, MMA fighters, things of that nature. We run down their Wikipedia and we find out which of the facts are the facts are true or false. And I got to tell you, Jeff, nobody's batting a thousand yet. Good. That makes for a good contest. Also, I, I was going to do that with Mason Ryan today and his, his publicist cut me off early. Can you believe that? What is Mason Ryan up to these days? I know Cirque, I have to go. To the, Cirque, I know I have. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. It's that Cirque de Soleil thing, and that's basically okay. what the interview was about. Then I was like, hey, so about this wrestling thing you used to do? And they're like, well, got to go. Bye. <laughs> yes, we don't want to talk about our former life as a carny, even though we're working in a circus. Interview might not see the light of day, you guys. I'm going to just be honest with you. It might not see the light of day. Um, he was nothing but a gentleman, but. Yeah, wasn't too happy about that. Also, wasn't too happy about this Miz Orton segment. Hmm. Miz, your Intercontinental Champion, you know, he goads Orton. Orton challenges challenges him to a match. Miz says no. Maurice gets pissy. Maurice, who who may be the third best worker among females on the roster and isn't working right now on, on the SmackDown roster. She's the best on the mic. Oh, yeah. I remember when she used to do her heel thing. It was just so natural for her. But, uh, you know, Orton, Orton gets the win. He RKO'd Miz and then st- like just stood there for like a solid minute. Yeah. What would you make of this? Is it them just trying to play up the unstable deal? 
they're playing up the the cold, calculating, methodical Randy Viper or Randy Orton the Viper thing. Uh, you know, the the one good thing uh, that look that Miz gave Maurice when he, when she volunteered him, priceless. I, I'll never. I mean, look, I've I've said this on on my own show before. I like the Miz. He was at my improv theater in LA when he got the call to be the host of SmackDown before the last brand split. Nice guy, pretty good actor. I like him a lot. My takeaway from this match was if Orton was selling a was selling an injury, uh, don't cuss on live TV because that's the first thing if, if that's part of the work. Good job on your end, Randy, because I'm buying that he may have dinged that shoulder a little bit. I'm not saying he's injured, but it may not be at full strength in terms of the bumps he'd like to take, especially if, especially a sloppy one such as the one he took uh, when his feet got kind of caught on the ropes. Those uh, those mechanics and the uh, and the and the ring uh, or the muscle awareness, the muscle. You know what I'm trying to say here. It, sure. It's not all, it hasn't all gelled just yet. He needs some ring time. And thank God they didn't just put him in cold against Brock because that could be a problem. Yeah, I think that Miz is fantastic. He's been really, really good. Uh, I just think you should protect your intercontinental champion in a situation yes. such such as this. Have him go get counted out or something. Uh, and then maybe even have Orton hit an RKO. I don't know. Um, well, I think he should have been in the six-pack challenge because they yeah. put Rusev in, in, in one of the fatal four-ways. Yes, that's how you protect him. You make him a title contender because he has this mid-card title. Heath Slater could have been the one BRKO'd. Yeah, boy, we'll get to him. He's so good. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, um, like, like you said, Randy Orton really selling his ass off. Um, yeah, I was, I was, you know, not the greatest thing, whatever. We got a vignette for American Alpha. I love me some vignettes. I really do. I mean, you heard the reaction that Darren Young got his first night after all those vignettes aired. They were. Yeah, they they tell the stories that they don't tell in interviews and in promos anymore. Where you had, I mean, like in the old days of studio wrestling, you just had a guy and a camera. You had 90 seconds. You talk to the camera and you you say what you feel and you get through there. Now all the emotion is in these vignettes, and they've been having some good ones over the past few years. Like, for example, the one before uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn last year for Sasha and Bailey is one of the best things they've ever done. And this one for American Alpha helped a lot for all those people who don't watch NXT. I think it got to the point, told you their story in a very short manner, and told you that they're a big deal. Did its job. It was great. I'd like to see more of it. I really yeah. would. Uh, I was more than ready to actually see them wrestle, though. I wish they would have aired one like earlier in the night, and then I could have just seen them wrestle. Just because I love watching these guys wrestle, I got to see like just five minutes of Simon Gotch and Chad Gable Matt wrestle on an NXT live event, and I was like, "Damn, I'm lucky. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm ready for for Gable." You know, you look up and down this roster, Gable. Jordan, Shelton Benjamin, Alberto Del Rio, Dolph Ziggler. They got their fair share of amateur wrestlers on that roster. There's, there could be some really fun mat exchanges going on. Oh, yeah. I, I wish they'd play that up more rather than the WWE style, to be honest with you, especially on this show, which needs something different to differentiate it. And that would be a welcome thing. I hope they take that under consideration. 
Yeah. Uh, were you surprised that Gable got put on SmackDown as opposed to Raw? Even with Jordan, considering there is a cruiserweight division on Raw and he fits that criteria? Or do you think that maybe, you know, they'll just, if they want him for that cruiserweight division, they'll just split him and move him? I'm surprised they didn't put them on the same show as the tag team titles. That's what yeah. got me. I mean, because I think they want to push them originally as a tag team before splitting them. And I think Jason Jordan is everything that Vince McMahon loves. And I think that's going to be the quote unquote breakout star of the, or they're going to try to make him the breakout star. And they may, when they do that, put Chad Gable with the cruiserweights. Should that division last a long time? But for right now, they need to push these guys as a team. They're just not ready to be single stars yet. They're just gelling as a team now as we speak. We, we have yet to hit their real potential versus having, for lack of a better term, practice matches in NXT. Don't get me wrong. Those, those revival matches are fantastic. I loved every minute of them. But now we're going in front of real crowds on the road in different locations. Now's where they test their mettle as a team that has some staying power. Somebody, while we're talking about American Alpha, says, zero charisma, zero character is the new era. Don't get it. Uh, you are high as a kite if you don't see the charisma or the character in American Alpha because these two guys, their, their charisma, while you know not Nakamura levels, it really it transcends any, any promo they can really cut. They are so good in the ring that you know it, it plays out, and they, they – Act like they know it, but they're not dicks about it. They are true baby faces. They're like they're really like the new age Steiners. Yeah, they, they have enthusiasm. I, I know what he's kind of saying a bit, but at the same time, their charisma is the Daniel Bryan humility and being really good at the same time type of charisma. And that's going to be an asset on this roster. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I just can't wait. I, I love watching these guys wrestle. New, new Age Steiners, I'm, I'm kind of hoping not because the Steiners would just throw guys and you'd be like, oh, I mean, don't yes. get me wrong. I love I love me a good, say, Steiners versus Doom match yeah. where it's just big guys doing bad things to each other. Right now, I'm, I'm happy watching them. And like uh, I said, if they can find a partner like the Revival on this main roster, say, Brizongo. If you if you if you bring up Brizongo's match or not match but move set a little bit, I'll be more than happy to watch that match. Okay, I'm getting too many people asking me about the Russo thing to not talk. Go about for it. A little bit. I, oh, I, Christ. Yield, I yield the floor to you. He's wrong. That's okay. Choice. So so I am Vince's editor for this website. He posts. He sends me his raw review. I even changed the headline, you know, to say what it did because I thought that was the most important attention grabbing headline. And that headline was Balor beating Rusev and uh, Reigns was the final nail in the coffin for me. I figured, you know, we want to get people interested in what Vince has to say. We need to put that he said something very interesting. And, you know, if you open it up and read it, it's not misleading anything of that nature. He says that it's unbelievable that Finn Balor was able to beat Rusev and Roman Reigns. And I'm like, man... You know, we cover MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling at Fightful.com. And, you know, I before I even got into journalism, I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So I got trained in pro wrestling, got trained in MMA, catches catch can wrestling in particular. 
And it's like, the thing is, it's a work. It's entertainment. It is pro wrestling. It is not. He says a lot, if it was real, it's not. It's not. And everybody knows it's not. And everybody knows what MMA is, whether they watch it or not. That wasn't necessarily the case in late 1999. The UFC that we saw in 1999 is nothing like what we see today. Um, no, it was big guy. It was all. It was- this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, that first UFC was mostly David versus Goliath matches in 90, sure. especially 95, because I watched and, the first UFC on pay-per-view. So, I and mean, who won those? Who won those, David or Goliath? David always won those. I mean, they, they basically had better cardio. They had better moveset. They were more. They knew that they had to be more technically sound at the thing that they needed to beat the big guy down. Now, my thing is, you know, I, I have dedicated my life to pro wrestling and MMA, learning about it, training in it, covering it. It's like you can't say that stuff to me, that it's unbelievable that a smaller guy would never beat a bigger guy, much less two in one night. When Hoist Gracie did that twice, he beat three guys in one night, came back a few months later, beat four guys in one night. And this includes Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn. They are, they are involved in this. But it doesn't end there. The, the examples don't end there. Um, like... <laughs> Anthony Rumble Johnson used to fight at 170 pounds, and he's a big dude. But he defeated a former UFC heavyweight champion in Andre Arlovsky. He jumped up and did that. But, but not just there. BJ Penn competed at 145 pounds at the end of his career. Dan he Henderson. Rodri- yeah, da- Dan Henderson and Fedor. Dan Henderson and Fedor. Dan Henderson, 185 pounder, defeated one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. Mm-hmm. Of all time. Uh, BJ Penn, who fought at 145, defeated Rodrigo Gracie, who competed at 205 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Manhoof, 170-pounder, defeated Mark Hunt, who was a heavyweight. Uh, Mark Hunt got beat by Gegard Musashi. Like, would Vince have thought it was unbelievable when Christian Mpumbu, who was nine inches shorter and 40, 50 pounds lighter than Stefan Struve, does he think it's ridiculous that – Christian Umpumbu finished Stefan Struve in under two minutes. What about Ginky Sudo versus Butterbean? What about Akushi Minowa, who made his career in Japan by beating the living shit out of really big guys? Kazushi Sakuraba did that too. Uh, how did Giant Silva fare in MMA? He's a big dude. He sucked ass. He was terrible. What about Akibono? He got the brakes beaten off of him by Royce Gracie. It's like... There are so many examples, and they have weight classes in MMA for a reason. The primary reason being, you know, out of fairness, also because they had to to get it regulated. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do open weight fights and get regulated. But John Jones is a 205-pound fighter. Anderson Silva, 185 pounds. George St. Pierre, 170 pounds. Uh, Conor McGregor. Anywhere between 145 to 170 pounds. These are some of the most marketable people in MMA. 
when was there has been one super marketable heavyweight champion that I can remember, you know, maybe Randy Couture, but he was a 205 pounder and that was Brock Lesnar. Yep. How many great UFC heavyweights and I'm talking like well over 500 winning percentage in the UFC are there that are above 245 pounds on the regular. There aren't a whole lot. So when you complain that a guy like Rusev who is built at 300 pounds, isn't, it's not believable that he would get beat by a 190 pounder. I ask you, how many really, really successful 300 pound MMA fighters do you see if you want to talk realism? There ain't just Not just that, but this happens all across the board in sports in that you get a prototype of what something should be. But then when you find excellence, a lot of times it's something that's going against the prototype, a small running back who just who linemen can't see, a quarterback with an unusual delivery of some kind, a pitcher who has some sort of weird arm motion when he when he pitches. And 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 the, people fight against that for some reason because they're not the prototype. I mean, just on Russo's hypothesis, does that mean Andre the Giant should have beaten Hulk Hogan? And does that then make that match not that much more impressive? Because in what world would a smaller guy like Hogan beat Andre the Giant? Like, I mean, and I like Russo. I like him personally. I, I like him. I like him professionally. I love working with Vince Russo. Uh, those are easy, easy shows to do. Because Vince and I, we respect each other and we think differently and we can clash on things like this. It's, you know, I had, to, I had to talk about it a little bit. But here's the thing. I don't, I'm not upset about his opinion of not liking the show. He can like or dislike anything he wants, sure. But to tell me, when I, you know, especially as a catch-as-catch-can wrestler, when you know, I hear it from Billy Robinson's mouth, one of the great trainers of all time, you know, some of the best fighters were around 200 pounds, conditioning as it pertains to pro wrestling and shooting. You know, and, and he says that this, this won't get the casual viewers. Who's to say it won't get the casual viewers? Who in the hell is, if it gets, you know, everybody has the internet now. It's not a niche to have the internet today. He's a new guy on the roster. He maybe everybody doesn't watch NXT in a world where we complain that they don't make stars enough. They're trying with this guy. I don't understand how you can look at that and go, well, now my fandom's dead because I don't believe it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) that's my thing is I suspend my disbelief for this show, much like I did when I watched breaking bad, which I consider the greatest show of all time. Because if I really wanted to think critically and cynically, I'd be like, okay, so this tweaker and this science teacher are going to sell the best meth in the world and they're going to defeat like cartels and these massive drug dealers and things like that. No, that's not believable. And law law enforcement, is that inept that nobody's ever going to pick up on any of these trails? Law enforcement in their own families at that. So it's like, you know, you suspend your disbelief. You suspend mm-hmm. your disbelief. And I get it. Vince is from a different era. And, uh, and I respect, he's got a lot of really good ideas. He's got a lot of things I don't necessarily agree with. I think Vince, I don't think it's different era though. I think it's from being from the land of the giants and being, you know, yeah. really cutting his teeth in the WWE where that spectacle aspect of it really was hit home by what the company wanted because you know, you could be an older fan and know that there are smaller guys that be bigger guys all the time in the territory days. 
But you know, here's the thing, and, and I'll talk to Vince about this Thursday, of course, but I wanted to approach it. He, he says a lot, you know, the internet is a niche market. You know who would have been an internet favorite if there was such a thing in the early 90s? Stunning Steve Austin, Mick Foley. They would have been internet favorites, internet darlings in the early 1990s because Steve, stunning Steve Austin was criminally underutilized by WCW. He went to WCW or ECW, cut some really entertaining promos, then came to WWE where he was, you know, the biggest thing ever. He would have been a, an internet darling. And my thing with realism is this. If you guys are championing, wanting everything to be realistic and you think that it should just be big dudes and it should, if it were a shoot, well, then you better be ready for Jack Swagger to be your reigning defending heavyweight champion and probably not lose to hardly anybody unless Brock Lesnar decides he wants to come to, you know, wherever it is. You better be ready for Dolph Ziggler to be at the top of the card for a long time. You better be ready for Alberto Del Rio as a main eventer. Now, also, you'll get the Shelton Benjamin, the Chad Gables, the Jason Jordans. Also, you better be ready for old Selmani of the Authors of Pain and NXT to knock some fools dead because he's one of the most dangerous guys on the roster. Also, that leads to my next point. He looks a lot more like Kevin Owens than he does Brock Lesnar, which is another point that I will bring up to Vince on Thursday. Let me, let, me, let me address this just a little bit. I've been on the internet since 1991. I'm a little bit older than your average pundit on the air. Did you use a Tandy computer? No, 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 no. We had computer. This, that was my first year at college, and this was when the internet was mostly colleges and military people, but you still had news groups like Rec Sport Pro Wrestling. That's where all, a lot of the guys who now run their own sheets were, are, were hanging out, the Dave Sharers of the world and, and, and whatnot. Okay, Steve Austin was an internet darling back in the early 90s. Thought he had a great look, great body, great charisma, great work rate. Thought it was a travesty when he got fired and went to ECW. We're happy that he got his due, but they weren't sure what was going to happen with him once he got to WWF. Sabu was the internet darling in 1993-94 when he was in ECW. That's a mistake to book towards the internet. The internet is no longer a niche market. Everybody has it. That said, it's a mistake to market towards the hardcore internet fan. That I'll agree with him on. You don't market directly to them. You make the sure. best product and then you get fans to come in you don't pander to individual groups because i when i went to wrestlemania this year it was very obvious there were a lot of people there who were there for the nostalgia thing and they booked that show properly as much as the hardcore fan bitched about it they knew their audience in that hundred thousand seat arena were casuals who knew the guys who had name value from the attitude era for the most part i couldn't agree with that more you you book to the masses, but there is nothing that says that that smaller sample size can't represent the masses. Exactly. Yeah. No, you book smart and you hope the audience comes. You don't pander to any specific group. You just write smart stuff. It's like, how do you write strong female characters? You write a strong character who's female. You don't write like, well, what would this woman say right now? No, write a strong character and she happens to be a woman. Another thing I wanted to bring up. What did you think of Ro or Randy Orton's line the other night, the no enhancements needed? And also, did you happen to see my story that I wrote where I revealed, you know, uh, Randy Orton was outed as having obtained the same substance in which Brock Lesnar tested positive for, in addition to six more substances? Oh, I found it hypocritical. 
on, on a certain level because I knew about his wellness failures in the past, you know, just having watched wrestling for so long. But at the same time, I think, I think it was one of those, I think it was a very planned line. I hope he cleared it with Brock before he said it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where we're going, we're going to tweak the people in the know a little bit. I, that's what I tend to, it was a little bit of trolling on their part, I think. <clears throat> oh, 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 hi there. Hi there, guys. Oh, look at that. That's my beautiful bottle of on it new mood. You know what? Uh, a nobody has tested positive when they've taken on it. That's because it's, it's just the greatest. I love on it. I take Alpha Brain. I've been working 70 hour weeks on fightful.com. Doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. So I. I load up on that new mood. I take two a day. And then when I go to bed, I take this new mood to help me uh, make sure I get a good sleep cycle because I keep weird hours, Jeff. I go to bed at like three or four because WWE and UFC do not break news before like 11 because of the West Coast. Because mm-hmm. these dirty West Coasters. They don't want, you know, they make us stay up late so you all can catch stuff in prime time. Then we got to wake up at crazy hours because they don't want to break the news early. Go to on it. Uh, visit our podcast page, actually. Fightful.com slash podcast. Go to any of our podcast pages. Click that on it link, and you will unlock a treasure trove of sales. Maybe you want to get some of their uh, badass kettlebells. You should do that. Maybe you want silky smooth skin like me. Maybe, maybe you want to feel like your skin is made out of 600 thread count sheets like mine. <laughs> I don't, I'm not rocking on that sandpaper that Jeff has over there. Those sandpaper hands. No, 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 no. These bad boys are silky smooth. Even though I've got my power blocks back there lifting weights, no calluses on these. And I don't got to use these gloves. No, no. I just use that krill oil. That krill oil. I bet that's why whales have such silky smooth whatever the hell they have. It's because they eat like so much krill. But I bet they wish they could just get their dose through on it. But whatever. Whatever. Either way, on it's the place to be. Six-pack challenge. Dolph Ziggler. (laughs) Hold on. You don't get to bitch to me. You don't get to bitch to me about weird hours and long weeks. I I work in big law. I wake up at 2 in the morning to go to work. (laughs) And I work an average of 65 to 70 hours a week. You get, no, you get no sympathy for me, work at home, boy. <laughs> hey, 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 mister, how dare you, first off? <laughs> how dare you? Trust me, with the hours I keep, I'm looking into on it for some mood enhancer. So hey, you need to. I do. <laughs> You need to. Also, guys, subscribe to our YouTube page. You'll get all of our podcasts. We're going to have uh, exclusive interviews up there, exclusive footage from uh, wrestling shows, things of that nature, uh, all kinds of cool stuff up on that YouTube. Don't forget to visit Fightful.com, too. Uh, we've had a good month. We are on pace for I'm – I'm hoping that we clear 100,000 views, listens, downloads to the podcast in the first month. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome to have that so early on, but the site not even finished. So make sure you check that out as well. Dolph Ziggler is your new number one contender, Jeff. What you wow. think about that? That dropped 
my jaw on the floor. As I said in the beginning of this show, out of the six guys in that match, he was number six on the list out of guys I thought they'd possibly put in there because Cruz and, and Corbin were possibilities to me because of the new era thing and possibly going, okay, hey, we're giving guys this opportunity. You know, Cena, AJ, and Bray are their main event players. Dolph's a guy they need to rehab. So it shocks me that they're going this early in on the rehab. I know one thing I was disappointed in. Okay. I was hoping that that jobber that Braun Strowman beat on Raw got to face oh. Baron Corbin on SmackDown. Oh, James, uh, is it Bartlett? Was that I the name his, that he I was using? God. I think his name is God. He was the most yes. glorious jobber in the history yes. of pro wrestling. All right. Yes, I want him. I want him signed. I want him on Raw and SmackDown every week. I want him to lose twenty five in a row, getting killed by guys. I want him to change his last name to Mulkey, much like the old NWA jobbers. And, and then after a twenty five week losing streak, I want him to beat a B player like Sheamus. No, no, no. And he's an I instant want- star. And then the next week, I want him to beat Heath Slater, who we didn't talk about. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta talk about that. Heath Slater came out. Beat the living crap out of a jobber. I wish it was that guy. That would have been even better. <laughs> and he got a really good promo. Yeah. No, he, he got an awesome promo. He has personality. If you've ever watched the Up, Up, Down, Down videos, he is great. And, you know, all the backstage promos for three-man band, he was great in those. He was great here. He had a pop from the crowd. He had the crowd behind him. And then they fed him to Rhino, who is <laughs> fine. But I mean, what's Rhino? Rhino? Like, why, why Rhino? Why Rhino? What can Rhino bring that anybody else that they were going to call up or could have called up couldn't bring? Or just a fresh face? Anybody? Anybody? Uh, I don't get it. There's, there's a certain monster. I can see why. A, he knows the style. B, he's a veteran. C, he brings a certain monster credibility that if you beat him, then you've beaten a quote unquote bigger guy a power guy, so to speak. So you can have smaller wrestlers beat him and make it seem like it's a big deal. I mean, I understand the psychology behind it. I just don't think we need Benjamin and Rhino and Jimmy Yang Wang. Or who else they're yeah, I don't, I don't want Jimmy Wang Yang on that damn show at all. Um, no offense to him. Either way, uh <laughs> Rhino destroyed him, so there's that. Dolph Ziggler, your new number one contender. Now, I think Dolph Ziggler is an excellent performer. I think he needs a change. If he turns heel, you know, I'd probably be on board with this. If over the next few weeks he goes heel, then cool, cool. Yeah, I think he could be rehabilitated as a heel, and he can say, you know what? When I was ahead, I cared about myself, and ever since I cared about other people, my career went down the drain. He oh, you know, that. no, I know the approach he needs is to get away from this show off, stealing the show crap. Yeah. Where, where, what he needs to do is cut a promo and go, you know what? I used to come out here and entertain the fans and want to steal the show and have the best match. Now I just want to win. And now I'm going to do anything in my power to win, be it by hook or by crook. And Dean Ambrose, you got the big belt. I'm coming after you. That's what I want. I want a sports build rather than the, the let's go out and have a great match, guys. That kind of <laughs> that kind of bullshit that I hate in wrestling. So we're getting probably, you know, we're getting Ambrose and Ziggler. We're getting uh, Cena Styles. 
where does Bray Wyatt go from here? That that's a big question mark. I think he gets a squash match, probably. I don't think I don't think he gets a very competitive match. He may get like an Apollo Cruz. I think that could be yeah. a program. But um, overall, overall, I, I I see him as waiting. I, you can keep him off this card and then keep him fresh when he comes back. Yeah, um, a couple of things I wanted to mention. Nikki Bella's probably if she comes back, she's going to be on SmackDown. There's no way they're going to piss off John Cena and put her on a different show. She's going to yeah. be on SmackDown if that happens. That would be a shot in the arm. If Bailey got pulled up to the roster, then start you know having Bailey, Nikki. Natalia and uh, Becky, did I mention her? Either Emma. way, those four. And, and Emma, that would be a, a hell of a core. Now, I think maybe one of those three between Nikki, Emma, and Bailey probably going to Raw just because, you know, they, they probably would do that. Uh, but yeah, and also I believe Luke Harper's probably going to SmackDown as well because uh, the Braun Strowman squash thing was at least entertaining because I knew somebody was going to die. Eric Rowan has no direction, and I think they know that Harper and Rowan are best served together with or without Bray Wyatt. And I would be down for Harper and Rowan against American Alpha. I'm cool with that. Oh yeah, no. When when they were first a team, they were they were great. They were that great kind of killer skyscrapers type team that you needed. What do you think of Bray's new look? I'm cool with it. He's changing a little thing up. He's trying like dreads or something. I'm, I'm, I'm not only that, but the ring gear, the uh, the black. He almost has an AJ Styles type thing going on with the hoodie, the black hoodie. I, I think he knew he had to change, and you know, they're making a lot of changes, so why not? I mean, I don't okay. see any harm in it. What'd you think about it? I, I liked it a lot. I, I, Bray Wyatt is starting to become more interesting. The problem is his promos usually didn't go anywhere, but I still love watching him in the ring. He's so he's, and especially now that he's dropped the weight and he's a little lighter on his feet. He can really move around and get some power into those, like like when he does the uh, cross body dive, it makes it look much more vicious. We'll uh, take a look at some of the top news stories on Fightful.com. Of course, go to Fightful.com. Check out our stuff, MMA, wrestling, boxing. If you don't like one of those, you can filter it out on our main page. We have individual sections for everything. Raw viewership up 6.5%. That's good news, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... Dudley Boys re-signed with the WWE, a one-year contract. Uh, What do you think of this move? Good move, especially – I think it is considering they're bringing back the likes of Rhino. They're personalities. They can can be guys to build up new guys, and I hope that's the role they put them in. Speaking of re-signing, Joe Rogan re-signed with the UFC for a year. He had previously indicated that he would uh, leave the UFC if it were sold, but I think Dana White sticking around maybe caused him to, to hang around, Jeff. You know, it's a fairly easy gig for him. He enjoys it. He's making a lot of money doing it, and people seem to like his work. I don't see why you'd leave just because other – unless your work conditions adversely change, you don't leave until that point, if I'm him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Also, speaking of Joe Rogan, we will have full coverage of UFC 201 this Saturday, post-show podcast with myself and Showdown Joe. Me and Showdown Joe will be here tomorrow – to break down some more stuff, UFC on Fox 20, which did really good numbers as well. Uh, did good numbers on our website too, which shocked me. I thought that was kind of an underwhelming card. but um, It was. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I thought especially the way, you know, the, the, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a very big 
big show, but it did good numbers for Fox, did good numbers for us. Um, and Showdown Joe will have a column up tomorrow as well, previewing that. We've got videos, uh, free fights, countdown specials, weigh-in specials, previews, all kinds of stuff covering UFC 201. And if you think that's a lot, wait till you see all the coverage we're bringing you for 202, even crazier. Uh, Who do you like? Bit of, another bit of MMA news, Jeff. Shane Carwin is returning. And uh, I'm going to guess that the UFC ain't going to give him that four-month exemption they gave Brock Lesnar after what happened. He's returned to the UFC and not to Bellator. This is the most shocking part. I, I don't I don't think he wins a fight in the UFC unless they give him a total can. Uh, that's quite possible. He Yeah, five years out of the game, was outed for having obtained steroids years ago. Uh he, you know, when he would, he would never had, people, never had cardio. Nope. was very, very strong, but would well, always. He never ended. needed it. To be fair, most of his fights yeah. ended in under two minutes. But um, five years out of the game, hard for me to believe that he's going to be able to have a successful, successful comeback. Who do you like in that Woodley uh, Lawler match? Uh, like I always bet against Robbie Lawler because he yeah. seems. Like- such a beatable champion, and then he always wins. He gets yeah, people to fight his fight. This is this is one of those ones where don't be. I don't think you should be fooled by Tyrone Woodley's uh, just his, his his gas tank. I think this is a Lawler's. Lawler has the game plan to lull him in and hit him with that hand and knock him out. That that's. I mean this. It's everything tells you that Law, every fight he goes into, it's like, man, this is the one where Lawler's on his last legs. Uh, he's gonna no, I, I think he's gonna pull this one out too. It's so hard to predict MMA in 2016. It's it's all over the place. Also, the son of Kimbo Slice set to make his pro MMA debut at Bellator 160. I gotta say, <laughs> you know, he actually looked really good in his amateur debut, but that was an amateur debut. Yeah. Don't think he's ready for a pro debut, but you know, Bellator. Always looking to capitalize. Um, Mark Hunt is not happy about with the UFC or Brock Lesnar. He called them a shit company and said the F word about 25 times. Uh, do you think Mark Hunt gets out of his contract, Jeff? I think he's trying to get out of his contract desperately. And yeah. then get for wants, the big payday. He wants in that Ryzen tournament. I think UFC should pay him some money, though. I, I think he has a point here. I don't think he should he have does. the whole purse but he should get half that purse. I mean, he was going under adverse circumstances. Who knows what Brock might have been taking to get stronger, to beat a guy who had a short camp, all things considered, in Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt put a lot on the line for this fight. And you know what? I And probably wasn't getting paid all that, I mean, not as much as Brock, certainly, to be in this card. So, yeah, someone should slip him a check under the table if they haven't already. Also, got a lot of news up about Chael Sonnen's possible return up on the site. Also, a pretty cool video of Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, several UFC stars beating the living shit out of mannequins for a Bud Light commercial. That's pretty cool. Also, uh, before we go, a couple rumors I heard Carl Anderson has heat with Ric Flair over some podcast stuff. I'm going to look more into that this weekend, see who I can talk to. I, I can give you a breakdown, kind of. Sure, it's give, about, give us a little breakdown. It's it's about a fee and, and it it's about a fee for ROH for an appearance that Ric Flair never made, and he didn't return the money. I believe 
and there's yeah. some sort of there's some sort of disagreement between an agreement between uh, Ring of Honor and Flair, and that's what Carl Anderson was. Carl uh, Anderson dropped that kind of in passing on a podcast on the podcast with Jericho, I believe, as kind of a joke. And Flair caught wind of it, and he's not very happy. And he's basically said on oh, yeah, Flair, on his on his podcast, he goes, "Well, he can say it to my face next time." Yeah, he's pissed. I've been I've been told that as much that much, and or bleh, I've been told that much, and like I pried a little bit, and I was like, okay, maybe they're just you know, no, Ric Flair's really pissed about it. Also, rumored that Del Rio may want out of WWE, frustrated with creative direction as well as being split from Page. Uh, can't blame him. The WWE just likes to screw with people, and it's really, really weird. SmackDown could have really used Paige on that roster. Could have, could have used a revitalized Del Rio too, but Del Rio's been rather listless in this run. Couldn't agree more, guys. Fightful.com. Go to our podcast section. Click that on it link. Go to draftbeast.com. Also, we're available on audio now, guys. Direct download. You can subscribe to our RSS feed. I will be including that in this podcast uh, page. Also, we have a, a streaming audio player. It is coming soon to iTunes and Stitcher. Do not ask me when. I do not know. I will fight your family. I will show up at your house, kick in your back door, throw your dog outside, tell your wife to cook me a steak, and sit there and eat it right in front of you. If you ask me when this is coming to iTunes, because I don't know when, that ain't my department, but it is coming very soon, very soon. But I can use my podcatcher that's not iTunes to get the audio for right now, correct? Yeah, sure, probably. (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can. That's not my department. Either way, Jeff, (laughs) tell these good folks where they can follow you on Twitter and tell them about shake them ropes i'm a crispy boy ain't i yeah sure kid whatever um uh yes the 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 show with rob mccarran who hosts the raw after show on monday uh, you can follow that twitter at shake them ropes all one word this week uh and we just got done recording a interview with marquia mccarty of after buzz tv and uh she's a personal friend of mine also we Get into a little bit of improv geekery uh, within that because we both do improv out here in L.A. Um, you can follow me at Crap Game 13 for anybody who's ever asked what that means. Crap Game's the name of the Don Rickles character in a movie called Kelly's Heroes with Clint Eastwood and <laughs> Telly Savalas. 13 is my lucky number. That's why it's Crap Game 13. I'm not a gambling degenerate, although I kind of am. Um, and uh, I'm here every Tuesday, hopefully, as long as Sean will keep me. I am not a gambling degenerate, but I am a game of skill degenerate because I love that draftbeast.com. Okay. Oh, okay, that too. <laughs> Guys, Fightful.com, like I said, please share the page. Please share the story. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, anywhere you can. Go, and you know what? Go knock on your grandma's door. It's, it's only 11.03. Say, Grandma, Grandma, did you hear that Chael Sonnen is back in the USADA testing pool? Because if you didn't, you need to take it to bingo, and let everybody know to go to Fightful.com. If you all share the page, the bigger we become, the, the bigger names we can attract, uh, more podcasts. Uh, we got some good stuff in store for you, I'll say that. Uh, more writers, all that good stuff. Uh, Fightful.com. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Eh, Shani, don't knock on my door at this late hour. I go to bed at 6. Guys, until next time, we are out. <laughs>
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.